This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin. I was joined by Wera Karatai in Fakatani, but she's just dashed off to the dentist um, to experience some level three dentistry. I don't know if they do that from a distance, but we'll find out perhaps tomorrow. And I'm also, I am joined, though, by Tamati Coffee. I have no idea where you are, Tamati. Welcome. Where are you? Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am currently staring out at uh, Makoya Island, uh, which is the island that bobs in the middle of Lake Rotorua, and uh, and I am currently in my little bubble, uh, right on the uh, the shores of Lake Rotorua. So uh, that's me here in the geothermal paradise of New Zealand. So who is in your bubble? Who is in my bubble? Good question. Um, uh, in my bubble, I have my partner. Um, we have our son. I have my two dogs, I have my mum and my dad um, living with us downstairs, and that there is the bubble. How's it going? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it, it's been actually, um, it's been beautiful beyond words, uh, let me put it like that. Uh, there's a, a few different ways to look at, at, at our bubble and our situation at the moment. Uh, as, a, as a new dad uh, to a nearly 10-month-old, uh, actually, I relish every minute that I've had to spend with him uh, in the last five weeks inside our bubble, um, waking up with him, going to sleep with him, bathing him, changing him, um, uh, watching him develop and grow. And in the month that we've been on lockdown, he's learnt to walk. Uh, so that has been my privilege to be able to be here and see that stuff. Uh, alternatively, uh, as a member of parliament, it's an incredibly uncertain time, and uh, and whilst I'm in my bubble, uh, my kitchen table turns from being a kitchen table to my office desk, uh, to the war planning room, uh, to the counselling table, uh, because I've also been keeping in touch with my constituents, and here in Rotorua, uh, we are a tourist town that have been heavily affected uh, by uh, COVID-19. So uh, that's been really interest, interesting uh, to to have that perspective. Not least the fact that I'm also a small business owner with a restaurant and a bar uh, in Main Street, Rotorua, uh, in our eating and dining precinct. And uh, uh, and being a small business owner uh, with 23 staff, uh, we've also been um, thrust into uncertainty as well. And all of our workers who are happy to be getting the wage subsidy scheme are filled with indecision and uh, um, 
and a lack of clarity about what's around the corner. Uh, and that's mostly driven by the fact that we as a country don't know what's around the corner. Uh, so uh, they are copying that and, and going with us on that journey. Uh, fortunately, in the last week, we've been able to open uh, to do takeaways and deliveries. Uh, so we've been working through the mechanics of what that looks like. Uh, we've had a really good week of it. Uh, we only did it for a, about four nights last week, uh, Wednesday to Saturday, uh, but we're going to do it again this week, and uh, and hopefully the uptake will still be there and it won't just be an opening week uh, kind of moment, but it went really well for us. So. How's my bubble? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful inside the bubble. It's very uncertain outside of the bubble, uh, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an optimist at the end of the day, so, uh, so I'm looking at all the positives that are coming through from this. That sounds like an interesting tension you've got of some calm space, but also crazy busy. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I would say, oh, I read a quote just yesterday. Somebody was reflecting on their time in their bubble, and they, they suggested that... Um, they were less stressed, yet more productive uh, from working from home. Uh, I'm not sure what their occupation was, but uh, I reflected on that comment and thought to myself that actually I am absolutely in that boat. Uh, I am less stressed. Uh, there is less uh, markers to my day. Uh, my day kind of revolves around my son, uh, but there'll be times when I uh, when I do have a few hours to spare, and they can be a bloody productive three hours if I'm sitting at the kitchen table uh, with son quietly having his afternoon nap in the room. Uh, Tim's doing work as well, and I can be, I would say, pump out the production of eight hours, what, what would normally be an eight-hour day for me, uh, in a really short three hours. Uh, and uh, I think that goes to talk about uh, just how we could and should, I think, uh, be... Uh, relaxing some of the rules that we put in place for ourselves around what our daily tasks and daily lives uh, look like to address a bit more balance in there. Let's hear from the first of your music. Let's have Sister Sledge, Thinking of You. Why'd you pick this one? Oh, look, whilst I've been in lockdown, one thing that I have missed is the um, the sociability of life, um, going out there and talking with people, meeting with people. Uh, as I said before, we've got a bar in town, and there's lots of dancing that goes on in our bar, uh, and, and that's been one thing that I've missed. And when I hear this song, I think about my aunties. I think about growing up, and I think about the parties that we used to have, and I think about them uh, singing very loudly, um, happy, happy dancing, happy singing, uh, while they were listening to good old disco music. So uh, that's my happy place at the moment.
So in terms of working from home, you've got a whole lot of things on your plate. Let's just talk about the the Parliament bit first, because you are an MP. Is that surprising? I mean, it's it's not surprising like on a daily basis. But did you then think I that am. was going to happen? I am. Do you know what? I uh, b- before I got into television, I uh, I went to the University of Auckland and I studied politics and I did an honours degree in public policy. And uh, and I did actually think that it was going to be my career, and then I my career took a bit of a sharp turn left and ended up in, in broadcasting and television, and uh, and I did that for a decade. But it was always my aspiration to want to uh, utilize the degree that I paid lots of money and lots of interest on that money uh, while I was going through university uh, to kind of recoup some of those costs. So it was always a, a desire of mine to get into it some way, shape, or form. And after my broadcasting career, I thought, oh well. Let's um let's give this a go, and so I stood for uh, stood for Parliament in 2014 for the first time. Uh, that didn't pan out. Gave it a good go and uh, learned a few lessons, and couldn't help but stand again in 2017. Uh, slightly changing tack, uh, but actually it came through. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm surprised and I'm not surprised if that makes sense. Other than this COVID thing, is it panning out like you hoped? Politics? Yeah. Oh, look, I, I truly believe that um, uh, that we need good people, uh, good voices, uh, speaking up uh, in Parliament. Uh, now, I grew up in a very Labour family. Um, both of my parents were were factory workers. Uh, both of them from uh, ended up in Lower Hutt in Wellington, and uh, and that's where I grew up. Uh, Lower Hutt, uh, 
back in the day was a hub of manufacturing. Uh, you know, you were saying you're calling from Dunedin, we talk about the, the rail yards down there. Well, actually, we had rail yards in, in Lower Hutt as well, and they were the place where everybody's uncle and cousin could get a job, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, but actually, we had we were making things then. Um, we've had a significant decrease in the amount of stuff that we as a country manufacture, and as a result, uh, Lower Hutt's not the um, powerhouse of workers that it used to be. Uh, but I grew up in a very blue-collar family, and uh, and I think it was always going to be that we would end up uh, that I would end up doing this kind of advocacy work. Both of my parents were union delegates, um, uh, so yeah, my career path has kind of led me to 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 this place. Um, but I've, I'm I'm never I'm always uh, amazed at how how sometimes the wheels of government can move incredibly and frustratingly slow. And how sometimes, as we've seen post-COVID-19, uh, or as actually while we're in COVID-19, uh, the wheels can move incredibly fast and for the better as well. So, yeah, government has a, a really important role to play and really good voices in Parliament advocating for, uh, for people uh, is also what we need. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokudui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, I hope you're all having the best day. Beautiful superstars in your amazing beloved bubbles. And I hope that you're just really appreciating the triumph of nature that you are. And I hope that you're acknowledging every day the new skills and talents and perceptions that you have brought with you into this world alongside your unique genetic material that connects you to all life in an infinite web and allows you to understand yourself not only as a human being but a human animal. So I'm really enjoying our time together and I thought that we could really celebrate the fact that we are now in level three. Woohoo! Thank you so much Dream Team Supreme Aotearoa New Zealand but also the fact that level three is allowing us some new learnings as we, as a species of animal, become even more flexible and adaptable in terms of sharing our space. And of course, we would not be here if it were not for all the countless lives that have gone before us, sharing space with one another for the last several billion years since our universe erupted into being, or so we currently think based on that framework of meaning we have created as a species of animal, based on our love for the living world, a.k.a. science. So something that we're being asked to do at the moment, of course, is share our space in quite a new way. And having been allowed to welcome one person into our bubble, we have chosen my beautiful other mother, Virginia Marriott, who I have spoken to you about before. And she has many fine skills, which I am supremely grateful for. She is also an activity-based human animal, as am I, so we have a lot in common. And it has been wonderful welcoming her into the bubble and exploring what kind of transformatory processes are now possible thanks to her great powers of practical 
reality-based transformation. So we've been gazing around our beloved bubble and looking at the multitude of exciting possibilities that exist at all times. And one of these very exciting possibilities is the exciting possibility of transforming our outdoor courtyard into a somewhat more functional space. And because my beautiful partner, Harvey Penfold and I, have been largely focused outside the home until this exciting moment in time that we're all sharing and contributing our unique skills to, our outdoor courtyard has been wildly enjoyed by many species of plant, native and non-native, and is now resembling a beautiful forest grotto, which I love, but many members of my whanau have insisted upon it being revolutionised so that we as human animals can enjoy it more as a functional outdoor space to have lovely outdoor food consumption and all sorts of things having been gifted amazing outdoor furniture and amazing barbecues by Upoko Rakatira David Allison before he moved to Kirikiri so we have all the necessary tools at our disposal and this got me thinking of course how fascinating it is that we as human animals in order to feel that a space is ours and bring in these really fascinating concepts such as ownership and possession and appreciation and love for a space and caring for a space and perceiving a space as loved and appreciated and owned and cared for, we take on a really interesting role of excluding other life. And instead of sharing the space with the multitude of plants that are there, of course, we're getting a lot of helpful advice as to how to remove all these beautiful plants and, yes, return them to the earth via the beautiful hens eating them and processing them through their body or the beautiful microbes and bacteria in the compost bin and beautiful invertebrates, I'm sure, breaking them down, returning them to the earth. But it's still that process of removal and exclusion. And of course, working in conservation, I'm very familiar with this as well. But I think how wonderful that we're being given an opportunity to rethink how we share our space and create yardens where we don't mow and they're just this biodiversity hotspot with long grass and a beautiful very happy plant springing forth and of course creating habitat for beautiful, beautiful life forms to enjoy. So I will keep you updated with this patio process and what unfolds, but I thought I would speak with you about it as we rethink our future together. Sharing space is going to be a big part of that. So thank you for the space that you create every day. Thank you for the space that you beautify and enjoy inhabiting every day. And I hope that in this time, you're also having lots of opportunities to go to the most sacred space of all that space within and find that peace and stillness and sense of love and connection to all life within. 
and I'll look forward to having more time with you next time. Thanks so much. Kakite. So the, the the role of the MP is both that sort of local advocacy and also part of the bigger machine. Yeah, yep. It's like having two jobs. Um, you go to Wellington and you become this suited penguin uh, that goes there to uh, to vote in the chamber. Uh, your your power is kind of reduced to your one vote that you get mandated uh, to go to Wellington uh, to be one vote in 120 of them. So uh, so that's the uh, that's that part of the job. Uh, and then uh, back here on the ground, uh, the job is engaging with your constituents uh, when. Uh, when stuff goes wrong, when shit hits the fan, uh, somehow your phone, they manage to find your phone number, give you a call and, uh, and, and unload on you. And so this COVID-19 situation that we've been facing, uh, my phone's been going hot just with people that are frustrated, as I said before, tourism taking a real hit. Uh, some, of our in, uh, some of our operators are feeling the pinch in a really big way and have no line of sight as to what their future is going to look like. So trying to support them through there, our accommodation sector, uh, our events and venues capability, um, but also where iwi fits into that conversation as well. As a Māori electorate MP, uh, you know, iwi have a really significant role to play in any kind of civil defence emergency response, as we've seen in many instances, uh, and actually making sure that our iwi are hearing uh, that their voice is being heard through this as well, and a part of the economic um, uh, recovery package at the other end of this as well uh, is all stuff that I'm, I'm doing from the comforts of my kitchen table here at home. You talked before about the business wanting certainty, in fact, or people wanting certainty, but to some extent that's just not possible because it's there's this big uncertainty. We're, we're, we're dependent on how well we manage to pull off this, which we don't actually know the answer to. So how do you give yeah, people a sort yeah. of a positive response to that? Well, look, a, a very immediate example is the uh, is the fact that we know we're going to be coming out of level three. Uh, we know that the time that the prime minister indicated that we would be in level three uh, is up on Monday. Uh, so between now and then, the prime minister has to make a decision about what level two looks like. Should we get to that point? And so I know that work's been being done currently uh, down in Wellington to uh, to determine what that does look like. Um, so to be able to jump in there and advocate for some of our businesses that are really struggling is important. Uh, it's public news that today she was meeting up with the uh, with the prime minister of Australia and his cabinet. Uh, over there, uh, and there's talk about some kind of trans-Tasman bubble uh, arrangement. Uh, there are a lot of Australians that travel to New Zealand to holiday, and obviously if we were in a bubble together, uh, that has positive spin-off effects for our tourism industry, for our accommodation industry, for tourism hotspots like Queenstown, uh, like Rotorua. Uh, we'll be able to make sure that you know some businesses can stay open. So, um, so yeah, those conversations are really important, and being able to advocate into those conversations are important. But you know, all anybody really needs, as you said before, it's not just businesses; it's everybody need a, a line of sight. Uh, so that information on what level two is is going to look like will come out this week, and that will thankfully and hopefully uh, give businesses a bit more indication about when they might be able to be fully operational again. So at the moment, your restaurant is. Mothballed for the meantime. Mothballed sounds too permanent, doesn't uh, it? The bar is it, mothballed. Yeah. As I said, we. Uh, well, let's just say the uh, the webs are growing uh, at at the bar. Uh, the cobwebs are out. The spiders are having a field day, um, and. Uh, uh,
uh, that's just to be accepted uh, as part of the process. Uh, but the restaurant, you know, we've been able to uh, get a bit of business going, fire up the kitchen again, and be able to do some deliveries. So, um, so our staff are, are really happy about that. Uh, they're able to uh, feel needed and wanted again because what we know about work is that actually um, it gives people meaning meaning and purpose and uh, uh, and especially if it's work that they enjoy uh, then it, it, it becomes a defining part of their day and their week uh, so we want to uh, make sure that our, our workers are still feeling uh, engaged and included uh, as we step back down through the levels hopefully. Have you actively worked to think about what the the value of the restaurant is that it's not just it's not just food production it's it's something more Oh, the only reason that we started, uh, that we opened the restaurant in the first place was to be able to offer some jobs uh, because what we know is that the unemployment rate uh, before we went into COVID was uh, hovering around that 3 to 4%. Uh, but as we've always known, uh, when it comes to Māori unemployment, it's double uh, what the general rate is. So Māori unemployment still sits around 8 to 9-10%. And so coming out of COVID-19 and the impacts that this has caused, um, there's some modelling which suggests that uh, Māori unemployment is going to be around 20% of the Māori population, which is huge. You know, that has a huge spin-off impact for families, uh, for communities, if people have got less money to spend, uh, businesses as well. Uh, will suffer through that. So, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a really concerning time at the moment. Really concerning. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer, and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Hi there, bubble people. It's Liesl here, as always, and uh, saying a big hey to you, hoping that your day is going really, really well. Uh, so I've just been having a little think, you know, I like to think. This is where <laughs> my brain always goes, into thinky, thinky land. Um, but been thinking about the transition between level four and level three in lockdown, bubble lockdown world. And just how that affected people. Um, and I'm wondering how that affected you. Because uh, I was really surprised in the way that it affected me. I, you know, bubbling up by myself, as I've, as I've talked about, um, I have had actually a really surprisingly good time. I was a little bit apprehensive when I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be three or four weeks of me by myself <laughs> just me <laughs> how crazy am I gonna go uh, a little bit crazy not not bad crazy just the fun kind of crazy but I uh, I did wonder about how that was gonna feel uh, just not having that sort of physical contact with other humans uh, although the virtual contact has definitely kept me topped up so that four weeks or so of being pretty much you know isolated a few walks around the block which was my getting out of the house time but predominantly staying at home which is something I have not done for a really 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 long time like years and years and years uh, it has never been something I've been probably I've, I've, something I haven't chosen to do I guess uh, I was just I've just been thinking about that right now 
I lived uh, by myself in Korea for about eight years and um, I was teaching English and we had little uh, one-room type apartments that were the sort of accommodation provided for English teachers. Uh, lovely little apartments, just studio apartments, sort of a bedroom lounge all in one, little separate bathroom and um, a little kitchenette, separate kitchen sometimes, and laundry space. They were perfect, but um, I had no desire to spend much time there. Like I tended, they were very functional for me. So these spaces were sleeping spaces. I tended to eat out. I didn't actually spend an awful lot of time there. Um, and then similarly, probably over the last sort of 10 years or so, I have preferred to go out than stay home. That's been kind of my, yeah, I guess it's never really been my space that I've settled into. So when I got bubbled in by myself, I suddenly was in a space by myself, uh, the same space, no cafes for Liesl, no going to the beach, no uh, visiting people's houses, no going to work, you know, all the things that we've all been uh, missing out on. But I actually, weirdly, loved it. So what what was that all about? I'm really interested, yeah. I think I made a cosy spot for myself and I have really enjoyed. I haven't enjoyed the space and I haven't needed a whole lot of other things to make that okay. And weirdly, when we moved to level three, I felt really like this lovely little cosy sort of nest that I'd created and the silence of the streets outside and the the calm time that I was able to experience when I'd go for walks and I wouldn't see anyone and I'd be able to pretty much meditate as I walked um, because there was no extra noise other than seagulls squawking and I was thinking, seagulls always been this loud? I guess they have. We just have a whole lot of other noise going on that we don't notice the seagulls. But yeah, I... I really felt like I missed level four when level three turned up, which I, I think I'm gradually coming to terms with, but how weird, isn't it? When we get faced with change and we kind of like think, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to do this? This is different. This is weird. And then as soon as it changes again, we go, oh, how am I going to do this? This is different. This is weird. So it's a constant evolution. And I know you're all going through um, various experiences and Again, it's just really important to be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, hang in there, and uh, continue to find the little things that make you happy. Take care of yourselves. Talk soon. So you're in Rotorua. When do you think you're going to get back down to Wellington? Uh, we're not sure about that, actually. Um, uh, next week is budget budget week uh, and obviously next week we have our, our big budget which is a significant event on the political calendar um, uh, so we've been told that we may get called uh, to go down to Wellington next week uh, for us here in Rotorua our flights aren't working uh, we've had them taken away from us as uh, Air New Zealand have restructured and limited their capacity uh, for flying so uh, any kind of air travel uh, that would normally do as MPs to Wellington uh, isn't happening so uh, real consideration has to be put in there about how we'd get down because we've got MPs that are spread all across New Zealand uh, and uh, it's not as easy just to nip down the road, jump on a plane and suddenly you're in Wellington an hour later. Uh, it would mean a six to seven hour trip uh, for me down there and a six to seven hour trip back 
and usually would head down weekly. So, uh, so yeah, it's not an easy decision to undertake to say, all right, everybody, come back down, um, because even if we were to head down there, uh, we need to adhere to social distancing because we're the ones that made the rules, and so we then need to stick to it. So, uh, so you won't see the full debating chamber like you might have seen in the past. Uh, all you'll see is um, uh, is a few sporadic sporadic MPs spread across the debating chamber, uh, not the not the usual shots that we usually see at Parliament. There's been no move to have iPads propped up on all of the seats and people beaming in from home. <laughs> hey, if I had my way, I would. Uh, like I say, I think that we can still engage in that kind of stuff, uh, run a, a virtual parliament, um, but obviously some, some of our MPs are quite entrenched in their ways and they like uh, the physicality of actually being there and engaging in some good, healthy, robust debate. So, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to win that one. One of the things that I think has come out of this is that be kind has turned out to be a thing that's more than just a, a platitude. This is something that decisions can be based on. Isn't that really nice? Isn't it really nice? Uh, one of my first employers uh, told me that kindness was underrated, and uh, and it stuck with me all my life. And every every the way that I carry myself uh, is one of my mantras: is to to be kind to other people. Uh, because you never have any idea about what their life is like, what they've been through, what they're going through, uh, what they're about to go through. Uh, and if we were just all a bit kinder to each other, uh, wouldn't the world be a nicer place? And wouldn't our, our kids and our grandkids that are watching us, every move that we as adults make, uh, wouldn't that suddenly improve maybe their mental health situation and their well-being as well? So I think it's a, a great message. Um, long may it stand. A long way, way may we remind ourselves as adults uh, that we've got a lesson to teach our young people and actually um, right up the top of that list should be to be kind. And not just on a personal level, we've seen it as the basis for policy decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, well-being, well-being, putting people's well-being uh, up the front, you know. Um, not saying that as the country we earn our stripes by how much we make, um, but actually, you know, improve the well-being of your citizens. And sometimes I think that we get a bit caught up in, in making more and wanting more and trading more, and actually sometimes that needs to be challenged. Your second song, Musical Youth, Past the Duchy. Why this one? <laughs> uh, good question. We know that the uh, the election has been uh, set down for the 19th of September. Uh, the Prime Minister doesn't seem to be uh, moving that date, uh, despite everything that's going on at the moment. Uh, part of the election will be two referendum questions. Uh, so the first one will be on the end-of-life choice bill and whether or not New Zealanders think that we should be uh, implementing that. Uh, there's been a lot of submissions, a lot of heartache, a lot of letters and emails uh, sent in by pe passionate people from both sides about that particular bill. Uh, but obviously, New Zealanders will get to decide on what that looks like, uh, whether or not they want that. Uh, the second question is around the cannabis referendum, which is happening, uh, or referendum, as everybody, uh, as the media like to um, uh, spin that one. But they'll be asked the question about whether or not uh, New Zealand should be um, applying uh, the cannabis legislation bill, which is currently circulating online. And I 
hope that people are having conversations about it because, uh, in my opinion, uh, actually it's a it's a move that's long overdue. Uh, I think that too many of our people have been uh, locked up or put onto a a, a criminal justice pathway uh, for uh, those kinds of infringements, and our Maori people are unjustly uh, incriminated for criminalized uh, for for those offenses so I would love to see some movement in that area some reform in that area is very welcome to me so um, past the duchy to the left hand side is my little uh, tip of the hat uh, to all of those people who are um, thinking about voting uh, voting yes for the referendum not just for the social reasons uh, but for the wider reasons as well this generation rules the nation with version Feel the arms of the food of love
and before it got famous with musical youth, it was past the Kutchi, which is the marijuana pipe. And they changed it to Dutchy, oh. which is a Jamaican oh, cooking right. pot. Because it was sung by <laughs> little kids. <laughs> well, see, I see, do my research. Thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because it is. It's sung by musical youth. And that's the, the slight irony in this song is that you've got all these youth that are singing about the, um, the message. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I live in hope that actually the voice of our youth come out in, in this uh, referendum as well in the lead up to it just to voice their opinions on it because, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to um, manage this as they become adults and start taking over positions of power in our country. Uh, so I really hope that our young people step forward and make their voice heard, just like they have on climate change. Of all the things that you've seen change, societal changes in the last month or so, six weeks, more, however long, time's turned into a blur. What do you think's going to stick and what do you hope's going to stick? <clears throat> Quite different. What do I hope will stick? Um, I hope that we, uh, we have workplaces which are more open to uh, families, especially parents, um, being able to uh, flexibly work from home, uh, utilising the modern technology and uh, and IT that we have these days to be able to carry out their, their work. I hope that there's a bit more um, freedom uh, for, for workers to be able to work like that in those situations. I hope that we also uh, have a little bit of a, a look over our shoulder and look at how well um, we've done connecting our families together again. Uh, because actually at a very micro level, uh, having families stay to a bubble, not go outside, talk to each other, play games with each other, cook with each other. Uh, these are all old values that if you ask any one of our senior citizens in today's society, uh, they will hark back to a time when uh, all of those kind of family values held strong. And I've seen it coming out. In fact, I've even um, I've, I've downloaded the TikTok app. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit out of the TikTok demographic, uh, but my observation is that actually TikTok has been something that families have been doing together uh, all around the world uh, while we've been in this lockdown period and they are getting together, they are singing, they are dancing, uh, they are doing these stupid little clips uh, but again it's it's fun and they're doing it as a family so, uh, so long may that uh, feeling of family uh, invade every facet of how we operate because if our family unit is strong uh, then actually we are strong as individuals as well. Are you staying connected to your wider family? Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, probably a bit more connected. Um, Friday night rolls around, Saturday night rolls around, and everyone's sitting at home having a wine or a beer by themselves. Uh, it's very easy just to just to push a little button on the phone, and suddenly you're connected with all of the family in the Gold Coast who, who are, are doing the same, having their Friday night feeling. And... It's been really cool to actually connect on that level, uh, knowing that every time I, I push the button to connect with somebody, they're more than likely going to be home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you free for a call? Of course you're free for a call. It's not like you're going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it when people contact me and they say, are you free right now? And I go, I've been free for the last five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> And if I can't get back to you, I'll call you as soon as I jump off this meeting or as soon as I jump off this phone call. Um, yeah, times are, uh, times are good like that. 
Okay, some questions to end with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, I know you've got two. It's got a, two there's it's two got strong things emotional. here, isn't there? Yeah. Well, the the emotional <laughs> side of me says uh, actually uh, bringing bringing our son into this world uh, last year and actually catching him in the in the bath um, as that moment was occurring. Uh, that that's up there with one of the uh, biggest achievements of my life. Uh, so I'm I'm really good with looking back and and remembering that. Uh, from a political point of view, uh, we've had some uh, terrible homelessness uh, here in Rotorua. In fact, when I came into Parliament, uh, one of the biggest problems uh, that we were facing as a city was our increasing rates of homelessness in Rotorua. Uh, we'd been tagged as the second worst homelessness uh, rates in the country after Auckland, and that never sat well with me. And we've been able to do some really good stuff in that space uh, to the point where because of COVID-19, uh, actually we don't have a homeless problem anymore because all of them have gone into motels uh, who have suddenly found themselves without any international visitors or domestic travellers uh, filling up their rooms. Uh, so that arrangement has been good. Uh, but on top of that, I've been working with our Minister of Housing to get a specifically Rotorua housing plan uh, put in here in the city uh, to address all, all ends of the spectrum, all parts of the, that housing uh, continuum. So that's been a real a real bonus for me. Uh, as, a, as a business, we only opened our restaurant uh, at the start of last year, so, uh, so actually just being able to, um, to look back and, and have that as an achievement uh, is, is, is awesome for me. Uh, we're living wage employers, uh, that's really important, making sure that we're treating our, our workers you know, like we uh, aspire all workers to be treated. Uh, you know, fairly, equitably, um, and because you know the the mantra about the way you treat your workers or the way that they treat your customers uh, absolutely rings true for us. And we've always wanted to not just be minimum wage employers uh, because actually we've got problems in hospitality. And I can tell you this: a lot of those problems would be fixed if we were just paying properly. You've had a busy couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, my life is my life is very busy, and um, and I'm okay with that. I think I'd be bored otherwise. No wonder you're enjoying sitting around the kitchen table for a bit. Yeah, we have some great conversations around this table, and uh, and actually just the ability to pick up the phone and have a chat to uh, some of our thought leaders in in my community uh, at the at the touch of a button. Um, being able to engage in all of that deep political conversation, but then also the little stuff as well, you know, uh, the connecting with families, connecting with friends, uh, all of that makes for a, a good, diverse uh, life. And actually, I've found that uh, being here at home uh, gives me a lot of balance. Oh, don't look at that. That's the alcohol cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> it was still full, though. <laughs> it was half full. <laughs> I would see you as a as a glass half full person. That's me. So we're writing a book of these conversations. We're calling it Tomorrow's Heroes. The team of people doing good work. So you're in our mansion. What's the superpower that's got you there? Do you know what? It's being kind. It's really, really simple. I have lived my life... Um, uh, uh, respecting other people, respecting other people's points of views, um, 
if I ever make it, you know, anywhere in this world, I want it to be uh, in line with my my own my own ethos of of looking after those people around you. Um, when I'm on my deathbed and I and I look over, um, I look back on on all of the things that I've I've done in my life. I want to be able to say with honesty uh, that actually I've lived it the way that I've wanted to live it. Uh, but I've been kind to people around me as well. That's really important important for me. Uh, I've got a tattoo on my arm uh, which is uh, <coughs> scripted off a piece of artwork that I saw when I was traveling around Australia. It says everything is as it's supposed to be right now and um, and I love it because it helps you to tackle some of those times when uh, things don't necessarily go your way and you have an, a fixated idea about how things are supposed to go and they don't go that way. Um, so uh, at times like that, both myself and my partner Tim, we've got it tattooed on our arm, and we we point to it in those moments, you know. And sometimes you don't understand when things are going wrong, why they're going wrong. But if you just assume that, you know, if they're supposed to be as they are right now, uh, then actually it does help you to let go of things a lot faster and help you to pivot, you know, into something more productive uh, with your time and with your mind. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, yeah. I'm the quiet activist, though. I'm the guy that you know will, will sit in the room and observe and smile at all the people and talk to all the people. Uh, but I will always stand up for uh, for uh, the little guys. I will always be considerate of the quiet ones that aren't talking in the back of the room that would probably like to say something. Uh, I challenge uh, people's assumptions about um, about Maori, uh, about masculinity, uh, about what family means. Uh, about our impact on the environment, uh, so I will always uh, crusade for uh, for those rights. Women, women, I shouldn't forget that. Uh, you know, women still are fighting for their rights in this day and age, uh, and Maori women uh, somehow fall second to um, to our, our, our general, uh, our non-Maori women uh, in in their struggle for their rights as well. Uh, everybody remembers Kate Shepherd, uh, but nobody remembers uh, Mere. Um, uh, uh, she was one of the uh, one of the suffragettes, Maori suffragettes from back in the day. Nobody remembers her. Uh, everybody remembers Kate Shepherd. In this day and age, we talk about how uh, women can vote and how we're the the best country in the world uh, because of that. But actually, uh, our our prisoners can't vote, and um, and our Maori women are at the bottom of that pyramid. Uh, so when we talk about fighting for women's rights to vote, uh, actually our Māori women are still sitting there in, in jail uh, with absolutely no voice and um, and being further disconnected. So I challenge on that. So am I an activist? Uh, yeah, I am, and uh, I'm bloody proud of it too. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, in the last 10 months, um, my son <laughs> whacks me on the face, and that usually gets me uh, out of bed in the morning. Uh, that's a good start, or he'll shove his finger up my nose, and that that generally kind of you know that's uncomfortable enough for me to get up and out of my uh, out of my bed. Um, but actually, it, it is him. Uh, every morning, I wake up and I and I and I look at him, and he's got this beaming smile. Only all he wants to do is play in the most innocent way, and so I'll I'll usually let my partner sleep in, and I'll bring him into the lounge, and uh, we'll sit there and and we'll play together. And if I can have some time, an hour, half an hour, I'm um, just sitting there playing with him, 
uh, playing with his toys and, uh, and and laughing with him and singing with him and challenging him, uh, then actually that's that's my reason for getting out of bed every single day. So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Oh, you know, we've got this thing called the election uh, happening in about um, six months, something like that. Uh, that's going to be a big challenge uh, for me. Uh, whenever you put your hand up for public office, it's uh, it's never easy. Uh, there are always people that uh, that want to pull you down. Uh, there are always people that speak critically of everything that you do. In fact, here in New Zealand, as every uh, good working functioning democracy has, you have an opposition who are there to tell you your job is um, you've you've done a terrible job, and uh, and this is how you could have done it right. Uh, those people are funded to do that, so uh, that can make it quite quite a challenging. Uh, environment. Uh, so I look forward to the uh, the election, uh, but more than that, uh, actually the biggest challenge is going to be how uh, I support my community uh, through a post-COVID recovery, uh, knowing that we've got um, we've got some big uh, economic woes happening in our city right now. Um, places, people, workers, companies that have relied on one way of life are suddenly having to pivot and think about how they might be able to do diff things differently. I had a motel contact me just this morning uh, pleading for help saying that he hires uh, 10 locals and obviously his business has just been completely annihilated because of uh, COVID-19. Nobody's traveling anymore. He's got no access to any visitors. All the visitor bookings have been cancelled for the foreseeable future and he's staring down the barrel of the gun going, uh, how am I how am I going to do this? So uh, that's symptomatic of the bigger problems that we're facing. Uh, but as a as a Māori MP and hearing some of our iwi talking, um, actually uh, there is some really positive stuff going on out there. Lots of iwi looking at themselves going, what can we do uh, to front foot some change in this space? And uh, there's some really positive um, corridor coming out of that. Lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh yes, my advice would be um, uh, would be first of all uh, breathe uh, as we're going <laughs> through this COVID nineteen state. Just breathe. Um, uh, continue to remind yourself about the small things and why we're all here, uh, which is to support each other and to make the world a better place for those people that are around us. And um, and obviously with that, uh, the big message of being kind. And uh, and if I can share my mantra, which is that being kind is underrated. Uh, so don't um, you know, don't just pass it over once over lightly. Actually, uh, use it as a building block to uh, to carry yourself as we uh, move into quite a fragile time in uh, in New Zealand's timeline of history. Thank you very much for joining me. No problems. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by Targo. Do that again. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three, and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook too. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin. I've been talking with Tamati Coffee in Rotorua. We hope you enjoyed the show.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.